0: Well,
1: the global markets reacted somewhat violently overnight, with Dow futures down more than 800 points. The Asian markets were off 5 to 6%, but that reaction subsided in the overnight hours. And the markets have done a, a rebound in their trading, with uh, the markets higher today. Uh, what's interesting is that the rebound has been incredible when you think about what happened after the election of 2012. To take a look at what happened uh, in terms of the impact on the markets, we're joined here in the studio by Wharton Professor Jeremy Siegel, who you hear on Sirius XM 111 every Friday at 1 p.m. as host of Behind the Markets. He joins us, as we said, in the studio. And also joining us on the phone, Bill Stone, who is a Chief Investment Strategist at PNC Bank's Asset Management Division. Professor, great to see you. Thanks for coming in. Ah, happy to be here. Thank you, Bill. Great to have you joining us on the phone today.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on.
1: Thank you. Uh, I will start with your reaction just to, to everything that happened last night, Professor. Wow. Well,
2: one thing, uh, when you think about odds, uh, the odds that Trump was going to win, uh, at least in Nate Silver's sight, uh, five thirty-eight, uh, five thirty-eight, were actually uh, twice as great as the odds that the Cubs would come back from a three-to-one deficit and win the <laughs> World Series. <laughs> I told my students that, and when the when the Cubs did win the World Series, they said, Dr. Siegel, are you predicting a Trump victory? I said, no, no, these things are independent. I just want you to get an idea for what kind of things odds are, you know, when you talk about single events. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, I mean I, I mean actually Nate Silver's 535 website was the the most pessimistic of all of them. I mean yeah. many of them had 10 to 1, 15 to 1, 20 to 1. He said there could be this could be a black swan type of an event, which means something we haven't seen before and fat, fat-tailed events, we statisticians and economists call it in terms of the fact that there was a lot of there was a lot more uncertainty than in in other uh, elections. Bill,
0: yeah, I think, uh, and and uh, thanks, uh, Dr. Siegel, for rubbing salt in the wound. Uh- since I'm a Cleveland Indians fan originally. Oh, I'm sorry Ohio, about that. So, so, <laughs> I'm
2: from uh, Chicago, I, although I was a White Sox fan for all my, my younger years. But <laughs> you guys are going to come back.
0: <laughs> not, yeah, hopefully. You know, anyway, I, I'd, like, I'd like to not talk about that anymore. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, for me, I think it was interesting because the one, I guess, good thing we went into it, uh, it was that, we had, you know, seen some data and looked at some data around, you know, the fact that the market typically sells off for whatever reason in advance of, of a uh, the opposition party, uh, so to speak, the non-incumbent party, uh, winning the the presidency. An odd, you know, number of times does that happen, uh, whether it's you know, real reality or not. But we kind of were thinking about that, saying, you know, we keep it in our mind. Not that it wasn't always possible, but that maybe uh, the polls had maybe underestimated some of it. So I thought it was interesting that either, you know, you look at it the one month before or three months before, both of those told you the market was saying that Trump was going to win. Yeah.
2: Well, you, you know, I, I think – no, well, we saw the movement. To, uh, well, one thing we know about risk markets is that they hate uncertainty. Trump yeah. was identified as more uncertainty, and therefore the initial gut reaction sure. is exactly what you saw last night when the Dow was down 800 points. Um, but when you look at it from a broader perspective, the Republicans who, who swept you know Congress as well as now the presidency are far more capital friendly right. uh, than the Democrats by you know by a huge margin. So uh, uh, in in many ways, people are saying, "Hey, you know if." If we can get beyond the uncertainty, if he can be pinned down some procedures, if he can uh, appoint some good people, if we can have more confidence there, we have a
1: much better man in the White House than we would with Hillary Clinton. You mentioned last night when you did your interview with CNBC, Professor, about the fact that we could potentially, and obviously we're not going to see it today, but we could have seen a rather large sell-off today. Yeah. And we saw it a little bit you know, with the futures market. 800 points down. And
2: that was actually limit down on the S&P. It could have been more. Right. I was thinking it might this morning a 1,000 and then recover later in the day. But okay. uh, I, I think what's... It, 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 it As things often happen in the market, we really got a recovery much, much earlier.
1: Well, what was it that really happened then in your mind to to flip this in such a quick fashion? Because a lot of people will talk about how Brexit, you saw losses at the outset, and it took a couple of days, but, you know, the markets basically ate those up and, and turned it positive. It took longer.
2: Well, I think, I think the markets took their hint from Brexit. My God, I overreacted to Brexit, didn't I? Yeah. I'm not going to do the same here. I mean, that's markets do that all the time. They look at the most common or likely uh, past event, which was definitely Brexit, and yeah. said, "Okay, what what happened there? I was stupid if I saw uh, sold the FTSE or the Dow or anything in, in the risk markets." Then um, the only thing was 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 uh, the pound sterling. That was the right. only, only thing that continued down there. The right. FTSE started hitting all time highs again with the with the weaker pound. So. Uh, uh, we get that now. The the only thing that appears per well, I'm going to say permanent in the market. We definitely ha- have higher long term interest rates, and I, yeah. I do that is in my opinion due to the fact. Well, let's see. Trump has talked about huge infrastructure. Uh, he's talked about huge tax cuts. This means big deficits. Woo! I don't know if we can keep these long rates down. So this is this is putting some pressure here on on the long side, and uh, you know that. That has been creeping up.
1: Nancy Pelosi actually just saying a little bit ago, uh, we can work together to quickly pass a robust infrastructure jobs yeah. bill. <laughs> so there's there's yeah. that working across the aisle. But Bill, I I wanted to focus on the Fed for a second because obviously that's kind of the the next step in this process. I think uh, where the uh, the the economy is because obviously a lot of people have talked about if we're going to see a December rate increase, and then there have been some suggestions of, uh, of the the strength of Janet Yellen as uh, as the chair of the fed where do you sit on both of those right now
0: yeah so i think uh, you know it's interesting when you were watching the the futures and even the fed fund futures last night i don't remember what they exactly got down to in terms of the percentage of expectations of a of a december hike but they moved way down way down less than were.
2: 50/50 actually yeah, at one point I mean,
0: so, but I, I was telling, talking to some people at the time, and I thought that was a reaction to really just the risk off that was going yeah. on. I personally wouldn't read too much into. But it also is telling you one thing, which is what would the Fed usually probably react to, right? Well, they would react to uh, instability in the financial markets and say, well, we probably go on hold and not raise rates if if financial markets were you know out of control. Right. Um, since they've calmed down, all of a sudden those futures expectations have come up. So I, I think, you know, assuming that we do stay relatively calm, uh, I think you can expect December is, uh, is I'll say, game on. Yeah,
2: I, I, I agree there. Uh, if the financial markets remain calm um, over the next five uh, weeks, we you know, I, the odds are definitely still on for a um, rate hike in, in December. The interesting thing of course, I think is I mean we can speculate on who the next fed chairman might be,
1: right, yeah, yeah that if Clinton, be the next step. you know
2: co Clinton had been uh, elected, and Janet Yellen wanted to stay, right. she would
1: definitely stay when she, does her term come up then uh her term comes
2: up, oh God, she had a four year term, uh so her, so she think, still has to, she has another year, year to go, yeah. I, th- I think she has another year until a year on January to go. I may be okay. gonna check on on that, but it is a year to go and and basic, you, you know w- what is interesting is <laughs> that act- actually Trump, Was among the when the original what fifteen sixteen Republican candidates he was actually more supportive of Janet Yellen than any of the others. (laughs) He actually said, you know, low interest rates. Of course, he was in real estate. He must love low interest rates. (laughs) You know, "Eh, that's not so bad. Now, then he got the Republican religion. Oh, come on, (laughs) don't the Fed is artificially keeping them too low. So he kind of jumped on that bandwagon. But I don't know where his heart is here. I mean, he was actually, as I say, among among the Republicans who were you know out with the daggers for for Yellen and the Fed, he was actually much more uh, 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 Fed-friendly. However, he has said that if he were appointed, you know, he would seriously consider replacing Yellen as uh, chair.
1: It is interesting because, uh, as this has all kind of played out, as you said, he's he's taken the rhetoric uh, of the Republican Party, but a couple Mm -hmm. people have actually said today that if you look at how this election played out, uh, obviously, the Democrats, you know, were not going to be supporting him, and obviously there was a a good segment of the Republicans that were not supporting him. So realistically, Donald Trump goes into this not beholden to anybody, so he can kind of you know write the playbook and and do but, this. But, how but, he but wants that to. also
2: means he has to have support. He has almost no legislators, right. right? As I pointed out last night on CNBC, in contrast to the parliamentary European model, which is around most of the democratic world by far the most common right. you don't get to be president prime minister unless your your party takes a majority of, of the seats. Now now, I know the Republicans have, but most of them have you know disowned most of his policies. yeah, so he needs to he needs to convince the Republicans and he needs to convince enough Democrats. So he's not beholden to anyone, but he also can do very little. Uh, You know, without uh, actually uh, gathering a consensus, we we talk about presidential orders. What people say? How much damage could he do just on his own by issuing orders on immigration, orders on trade? Well, the Supreme Court too. Well, the Supreme Court appointment is. I mean, this is this is another. This is a whole different area. Um, Obviously, now with the Republicans holding the Senate. Uh, uh, you, you know, def- definitely the Republicans have the upper hand on picking uh, the next uh, Supreme Court. Now, the filibuster rule of 60 is still in effect. Right. Uh, and what was so interesting is that I and a number of colleagues were talking a lot yesterday before the election is, well, if Hillary gets in, how will she get her Supreme Court? Well, if the Dems take the Senate, they'll abolish the 60 (laughs) filibuster rule to get a majority like they did for the appeals courts. Now the question is, well, will the Republicans, who who were always against that, say to
1: themselves, gee, if we abolish the uh, uh, 60 rule, we'll automatically get all our choices. (laughs) I want to get the reaction to something I heard actually this morning. one of uh, Trump's economic advisors, Peter Navarro, was on CNBC this morning, and he brought up the idea that uh, the the success that he believes that the Trump uh, presidency can have through various economic means that we could. He threw out Dow twenty five thousand. Yeah, he did. Wh- where did I mean? Wh- but I wh- thought he said after five years, and someone well, pointed out like four that's years. Not, yeah, <laughs> well, that's not as that great a return, <laughs> right? It's like thirty eight percent return right now. But 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 realistically, I mean, yeah. is that a number that that is realistic? Yeah, well, certainly
2: th- that is a number that's realistic because it doesn't uh, mean. Uh, you know, huge returns that I, I think I'm even I'm I'm predicting about five percent after inflation returns, which okay. is about six to six and a half a year. So I'm in that uh, right. that that ballpark. What is unrealistic uh, is this idea that you could you know by t- cutting taxes by X trillion, you can get five and a half percent right. g- GDP, GDP growth. growth. I mean that that's one reason why mainstream economists basically stayed away. Hey guys, you know I want lower taxes, but this is just not there, Bill.
0: Yeah, I have a hard time disagreeing. I, I think uh, you're you're right on. You know, I, I certainly believe that uh, the market. I, I think Dr. Siegel's right. Now, I, I, you know, mid single-digit kind of returns are, I think, a reasonable thing to think about. You know, I don't I don't think about double digits. So, uh, in terms of uh, the the target they threw out there, it's I think it's certainly within reach, uh, assuming we. Continue to grow at a decent clip. I think that's uh, um, that's a, a good one. By the way, I wanted to mention. I did uh, look it up, and Yellen's done February of
2: 2018. 2018. So as a result, we've so got, it's got a
1: year and a half to go.
2: Well, almost.
0: Uh,
2: yeah, I think it's February first. I think in January thirty first. So it's okay. a little more than a year, year and a quarter or so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're. That,
1: thanks for doing that. That that does uh, strike the bell of where. Her term is so up. then where are the realistic numbers on GDP growth then going forward well, in your mind? You well, know,
2: you know, that's been the most disappointing thing over this recovery. We've had the worst GDP growth yeah. of any recovery in U.S. history in the post-World War II period. And we don't oh, completely know why. Productivity has collapsed. I mean, I'm supportive of – I think there is too many regulations. I do like that part of the Trump thing. Um it's going to be very interesting because I think Obamacare was going to explode on its own next yeah. year, even with yeah. Hillary. now this is going to be a really interesting thing now about you know uh repeal and replace, but there are still what how many millions of Americans on it and they they need some sort of if if not Obamacare, some sort of plan is is obviously is is coming up uh, next year that can't that can't be avoided um you know if if we make regulations a little more. Uh, 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 business a little more regulation friendly and a little more less restrictive maybe we could squeeze an extra half percent three quarters of a percent uh, out Um, there there are some deep seated problems I mean you know educational problems we're we're doing terrible at uh, at performance at secondary school levels I mean obviously Trump has talked about charter schools and all that we're trying to experiment with that the educational system these are very long term problems that are not going to be solved, you know, within the next year or two. Bill?
0: Yeah, uh, you know, Dr. Siegel's tough to argue with. I I, I agree. I mean, you're, you know, it's exciting to see that the opportunity around, you know, the, I think the deregulation, the corporate tax reform, those kind of things are something that could, you know, again, like he said, add something. It's not going to you know, change. Well, maybe it does change half a half a percent growth. It does change the world over time, but uh, um, but but you know, it's not going to catapult you to five percent. Uh, I will say, you know, I think probably a, a fair point of what people do worry about in terms of his plan is that you know that fear of maybe too much protectionism, you know, too much uh, yeah. meddling in trade. We'll have to see how that plays out. I'm, yeah. I'm hopeful on that uh, that that he. Puts his uh, emphasis elsewhere on the deregulation and the corporate tax reform, but honestly, that's one of the things we'll certainly be watching closely: is the where where does the emphasis go?
1: Well, and I guess the trade piece to it, is, it becomes very important to see how and what happens with NAFTA. Trade, very and important, then, and then obviously TPP, I think, is pretty much off the books uh, at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's off the books. At the, you know,
2: he cannot, you know, repeal NAFTA. Now, I don't know how much he can do by presidential order in terms of changing one thing or another. Right. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to have to. Wait and see, and then he can always be challenged. Right. I mean, there is entrenched interests and he's going to have. You know, he's. You know, he he wrote the book, The Art of the Deal. Now, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's see what kind of deals he can make in Congress. He's got to be.
1: Let's see what kind of deals he can make. Uh, that that's really, I think, uh, a, a bottom line there, Bill. What are the economic sectors that you're really focused on here moving forward, especially in the first you know six months to a year of, of the Trump presidency?
0: Well, I think you know, coming out of last night, um, it's it hard, and of course the market's showing it uh, today. It's hard not to see that healthcare was a huge winner, um, and, and I say that because it was much bigger than expected. Because even if you thought it was an upset and Trump was going to win, um, you wouldn't have necessarily assumed that Congress would remain Republican. Because, uh, well, not just because you wouldn't have necessarily assumed that. So the interesting part is, you know, Trump was kind of out there. He had talked about maybe thinking about drug price uh, negotiation uh, with a Republican House in particular. You probably don't see that happen. Um, and then I think on top of that, the interesting thing was that uh, Prop uh, Proposition 61 in California uh, failing by a large margin. So... You know, you really saw, you know, the the sector that was couldn't be much further in the doghouse uh, all of a sudden uh, really get some political life again.
1: Jeremy, where are you focused on? Well,
0: I you know,
2: I uh, I, I agree. I mean, we uh, you know, in the healthcare sector had done well. Today, the because of interest rates rising on the long run, we see pressures on telecoms, on real estate. Yeah. Because if, if interest rates, what's going to happen? to interest rates is is certainly uh, uh, very very important. Um, I mean, there's so much, un, you know, uh, so much uncertainty. I mean, as we're looking now at the screen, we see the Dow up two hundred and five points. I would not, <laughs> even though I saw so many positives in Trump's plan. Uh, you know, if you would have asked me, would it be up 205 points by uh, by noon on the day following? His uh, very surprising victory. I, I would say, that I, I I did tell people if Trump pulls up an upset, they're going to control Congress. Because I see, I saw no yeah. way the Dems were going to take over the Senate if he was that strong. I mean, look at Johnson. He was considered dead in the uh, senator in in, in Wisconsin. But yeah, the the strength of the Trump vote brought him you know well, back to life.
1: Even Toomey here in Pennsylvania for a while there looked uh, like he was uh, done against yeah, Katie McGinty right, as well. Right,
2: yeah, but Johnson was done even more. Yeah. I mean, he was like, oh, that that's a sure gain they thought they had three sure gains actually yeah. in indiana illinois and and uh, in wisconsin and in fact only in illinois was there a switch i mean that was that was amazing and obviously i think the the you know the uh, the trump voters that came out let me i want to throw some really i mean prov- just provocative when i looked at what happened in wisconsin michigan and all that and it was brought up last night i think bernie sanders would have won this election sure yeah uh, absolutely yeah so uh, to all those people in the in the financial markets uh thinking would you rather have trump as president or bernie sanders as president in terms of who is capital friendly or not it's yeah. really interesting notice by the way that, you know, people talked about, you know, how conservative us always, is, is Didn't virtually all minimum wage proposals win last I night? I think pretty much everyone did. Which is did, Bernie yeah. Sanders yep. and then right in adopted that by Hillary yep. Clinton? Yep. It, it wasn't so much just a conservative vote on econ. Yeah. I mean, if you take a look at some of these factors it over was, here...
1: It was amazing to watch all of this play out. Thank you, Jeremy, for coming yeah. in. greatly appreciate today. Bill, great Thank to have you. you on the phone with us today. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thank me. you. Right, great to have Bill Stone from uh, PNC uh, Bank joining us here uh, on the phone and Jeremy Siegel, Wharton professor joining us here in the studio. And he'll, I'm sure, be talking a little bit about this on his show on Friday here on Sirius XM 111 uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern time behind the markets uh, with
0: uh, with Jeremy Schwartz as well. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.